This is a Poets and Writers page one author reading. To hear more, visit us at pw.org forward slash multimedia or at soundcloud.com forward slash poets and writers. It was her idea to tie up the nun. The dormitory lights were cut every night at 10. Locked into their rooms, girls commanded to a cemetery silence before sleep, waking at dawn for morning prayers. The nuns believed silence a weapon, teaching the girls that only with it could they discover the depths of their interior without being servants to the temptations of this world. To be fair, the nuns were not all terrible. Some Talia liked very much. She even admired how they managed to turn the condemned penitentiary population into mostly orderly damitas. It was a state facility, a prison school for youth offenders, not a convent and no longer a parochial school. The lay staff reminded the sisters to aim for secularity, but on those missioned mountains, the nuns ran things as they pleased. During the day, under the nuns' watch, the girls practiced their downcast gazes. They attended classes, therapy sessions, meditation groups, completed chores, uniformed in gray sweats, hair pulled back, forbidden from gossip and touching, but they did both when out of sight. At night, in the blackness of their dormitory, they gathered to whisper in shards of windowpane moonlight. When the nuns patrolled the hall outside their room, they became masterful mutes, reading lips, inventing their own sign language, moving quiet as cats, creeping like thieves. They listened for the nuns' footsteps on the level below, sensing vibrations on the wooden floor planks, the search for rule-breakers, disruptors their guardians would schedule for punishment at daybreak. The night of the escape, the girls made purposeful noise, so the nun on duty would come tell them to be quiet. Sister Susanna was on the night shift. There were many latecomer nuns at the facility, left over from some other failed life. The rumor was Sister Susanna was married until her husband divorced her because she couldn't have children. The plan originated with Dahlia, or maybe her father deserved the credit. That afternoon, she was given rare permission to phone him from the administrative office. Family contact was restricted, since the staff believed they could be a girl's worst influence. Talia hoped to hear Mauro say he found a way to free her, have her sentence lifted, paid a fine, or convinced one of the rich residents of the apartment building where he worked as a janitor to call in a favor on her behalf. One never knows who might be listening, especially in a quasi-jail for minors, some of whom were murderers on the verge. Talia and Mauro were careful with their words. He tried everything, he said. There was nothing more he could do. She understood liberating herself from the prison and the country would be up to her. With the help of another girl, she spent an hour ripping sheets, twisting them tight as wire, thin as rope. She counted to 1,000 in the darkness, then gave the signal for the other girls to start shouting, fire, fire, fire. Sister Susanna appeared in the doorway. Talia waited to catch her from behind with a pillowcase over the head. They'd cut breathing holes because they weren't trying to kill anyone, only to paralyze with fright. Talia held the nun while the others tied her to a chair with the shredded sheets, her breath hot on Talia's hands, and another girl shoved a sock between her teeth to gag screams. <laughs> 